Welcome to the 950 Lounge Show, hosted by Kevin K.P. Pryor, the LeBron James of the radio game, the amazing Steph Pearl, the extremely hilarious Rodeo, just the classic man, Mike the Moderator, and of course, Backstage Ed. You are listening to the best team in radio. And now I present the 950 Lounge. We're back on the ride, 950 Lounge, joined by my man Mike the Moderator, Backstage Ed. This is our 950 Lounge special series with Music Beats Cancer. Again, Music Beats Cancer is an organization trying to eradicate the deadly and ugly disease of cancer. Go to their website, www.musicbeatscancer.org. Find out how you can get in the battle to fight this ugly disease. We have two gentlemen today from Music Beats Cancer who are musicians, and um, they're also in that fight just like us here at 950. Welcoming their maiden voice to our show Mr. Jeff Dwyer and Jason Tyler. What's going on, gentlemen? Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Glad to be here. We appreciate your time. Um, Jeff, I'll start with you. Uh, you know, uh, obviously your musical odyssey is not like most. You know, most kids wake up and, you know, they, they want to be singers and that's all they want to do. And they pack their one bag and they go somewhere to, to try to chase their dream. You're from New Jersey. and You decided you wanted to be a lawyer. And then obviously the music bud hit you. Talk about how you started in the music game coming from, you know, a corporate background to now, um, obviously, well, picking your talents uh, to more creative things. Okay. Let me, uh, actually, I started in music when I was, uh, went to Georgetown University. Okay, uh, my, father, my father died when I was 11 years old, and my mother moved us into a housing project. And I got financial aid and some scholarships to Georgetown, but it was very tight, so I... Found out my roommate was in a band and he was making money. And he finally said to me, you know, you could make some good money. We need a singer. Uh, why don't you join our band? So I thought about it. And I thought, I got nothing to lose. And I mm -hmm. joined the band. And the band actually, uh, my sophomore, junior year, it was playing at the Army-Navy Club. It was playing at weddings. And uh, it was also, we had a gig at Senator Robert and Ethel Kennedy's house in Northern Virginia. Mm. And it went very, very well. And at the end of the uh, gig at about midnight, this gentleman walks up to me and he says, you were fantastic. He says, uh, do you know who I am? And I said, no, I have no idea who you are. He says, I'm Arthur God. I'm Arthur Godfrey. He says, I have a TV show on television. I play the ukulele, and I would love to have you come on as my main male singer. And I said, uh, well, I said, uh, I, can I finish my college? He says, no, you have to sign up immediately. I did get a scholarship. I, Let me finish out, right? <laughs> right. And he said to me, well, he says, that's not going to work. I said, look, I, I'm very interested. I said, but I... I have to talk to my mom. And he says, where's your mom? I said, she's in New Jersey. He says, well, let's call her now. And he yells over to Ethel. There was no cell phones back then. And he says, Ethel, can we come in your house and use your telephone? She said, sure. And I dial up my mother at midnight. And the first thing she says is, are you okay? What's going on here? I said, I'm fine, mom. I'm, I said, I'm at... Uh, Senator Kennedy's house. What? And I said, long story. I said, but listen, 
I have this gentleman, Arthur Godfrey, here. She says, Arthur Godfrey? I said, yes. I said, Mom, I said, he says I can go on his TV show, but I have to give up college. And uh, what what do you think? She says, no, you're not giving up college. You work too hard, and you're going to go to law school. Mm-hmm. And she says, but wait, wait, wait. Uh, don't hang up. I said, watch. She says, can you get me Arthur Godfrey's autograph? <laughs> I said, okay, mom. So I said, Mr. Godfrey, I said, uh, my mom would like your autograph. So she <laughs> takes a napkin and says, what's your mom's name? I said, Ruth DeWire. He says, what is she called? I said, Ruthie. So she, he says, dear Ruthie, uh, I understand what you're saying about your son, but he would make a great singer. I think the world has lost somebody important as a singer, but that's your call and your son's call. Sincerely, Arthur Godfrey. Uh, she lived with that till she died. Mm. So I told that story to my two kids uh-huh. maybe 15, 15 years ago. They didn't believe, and they said, Dad, you never sang. You didn't sing at our wedding. Well, you know, how come? I said, well, I went to law school and that was the end of my singing. I didn't sing in 40 years. So, they Jeff, gave me a... before yes. you continue, uh, and this is a great story. <clears throat> so, mom, who's a fan, but she was like, you're not a big enough a fan to take my son out of school. But <clears throat> even though you had this this gift and you was following your passions of, of law and again, you know, from humble means, you know, like I understand where your mother's coming from. Like, look, you know, having a lawyer is an honorable profession. You're never going to go hungry. Music, a lot of musicians go hungry. Um, mm-hmm. But from a standpoint, music was never something you did on the side. It was never something like at your, your kid's wedding. Let me express it. It was just you kind of suppressed it. Suppressed it totally for mm-hmm. over 40, for over 40 years. Wow. Well, I told this story to my kids and. They got me as a Christmas present five hours at a professional recording studio uh, with a three-time Grammy Winner music producer. And my wife said, what are you going to do? I said, they spent a fortune for this. I'm going to have to do something. They even sent me a link where I could go on iTracks or music tracks or something and get music to back up. So I practiced and uh i practiced with 10 songs i go in to this uh music studio and the guy looks at me and he says uh, pop when was the last time uh <laughs> you were you were before a microphone i said 40 years ago he says 40 years ago i said yeah he says look maybe we could do one or two songs i said no i said my i know i my kids spent the fortune on this we're going to do 10 songs mm. or he take he takes out opens up his drawer and takes out a bottle of jim bean and says all right go into the uh booth here and put the uh headphones on and we'll start so i did the first song and there's sheer silence and i said uh excuse me is that okay do you want me to do it again and he says i can't believe you did that he says let's continue well i banged out the the 10 songs and then he invited me back six months later and said look i'd love to do another cd but i'd like to put some of your music together etc etc i wound up doing 
10 CDs from a Christmas album that was a couple of years ago was number one most played on Pandora. I actually wound up doing an electronic dance music album with a French DJ uh, that sold very well in Europe. And I got about 50 musical videos up, one of which was the great Nina Simone song, Feeling Good, that Michael Bublé did. I did it. But we did it when the Arab Spring was taking place, and it's a tremendous video. And they played that. It was helping for the freedom of these young kids rebelling against uh, Mubarak and the Assad from Syria. And it was played in Tahir Square when the Egyptian army came down and destroyed these kids. And it was then banned in Syria. It was banned throughout the Middle East. But I made a lot of friends, including DJs in Egypt, in uh, Iraq, still have friends in Paris and worldwide. And I've got about 500,000 fan books on uh, what do you call it? Uh, Facebook. And that's basically it. So it's just been a lot of fun. And your, your how I got career to... is all about loyalty. You was loyal to your mother. You was loyal to, you know, your career. And then you was loyal to your kids because they paid all this money. You had no choice but to do it. And again, you are the, 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 the epiphany of what a second act and what life is all about, that you can always make a pivot. I don't care where you're at or where you started. And I just find it hard to believe you never danced, you never like sung a jingle or saw a movie and go, you know, hey, you're in the shower. Ooh, yeah. I, yeah. Incredible, incredible. Now you have here Jeff Tyler. I'm sorry, I got one question to ask you before we jump over to um, Jim. Um, what did your kids say when they finally heard the CD? <laughs> they said, Dad, when are you going to do a concert? So I said, I don't think I want to do a concert. Well, it turned out... Uh, Again, one of the concerns when my mother was right, I don't have to tell you, to, to be a, a, a top musician, yes, you're over the top and makes a lawyer look shame. But most musicians starve. They do it for the love. They don't do it for the money. Mm -hmm. And there was a tremendous foundation in D.C. called uh, Legendary Musicians. It was founded by Reverend Sarah Truesdale Butler, who just passed away at 84 years old a couple of months ago. She was a radio announcer on a big jazz show here in Washington, D.C. She wrote a jazz book on all the famous uh jazz people born and bred in D.C., which is phenomenal, went on as a trustee of the Duke Ellington School, which is one of the finest public high schools for music and art. And she, uh, I wound up doing uh, two concerts at the Hamilton and then at the Bethesda Blues and Jazz, and we donated that money to the D.C. Legendary Musicians. Uh, so I did the two concerts. They were recorded. Uh, Scott Yano, a famous jazz critic, uh, did really nice reviews from California uh, and uh, just loved the music and said, you know, just continue what you're doing. And then COVID hit and then everything was shut down until we got together with Jason uh, Tyler. Got to take a quick break. We'll keep it going. Jeff DeWire, Jason Tyler. It's not free lounge in the Music Beats Cancer segment.
of lovers yet be the best of friends if we can try with every day to make it better as it grows with any luck then I suppose the music never With any luck, then I suppose the music never ends. We're back on the ride, Nafi Lounge, still joined by Jeff Dwyer, Jason. Tyler, here in the Music Beats Cancer segment here on Nafi Lounge. Right. And let, let's get Jason in, 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 the, in this uh, conversation. Welcome to you, sir. 
What what was your thoughts when you met Jeff? Now, Jeff, you know, obviously we think about music in today's 2024 world of music is more it's an oxymoron. It's more visual than audio, right? You know, people, everybody sees the music before they hear it, which is doesn't even make sense. But that's kind of where we're at today. When you meet Jeff, what was your initial thought? So we have a very unique uh, story on how we met. So um, I was pushing marketing for the band, the Deja Groove band, and just trying to expand our, our footprint and was signing up for some various sites other than the major social medias and things like that. And so I reached, I uh, created a profile on this site called Alignable mm. and just, you know, start pushing the material, you know, we're a 14 piece band, you know, play everything, you know, uh, just trying to get our, get our name out there. And I got this email or I got a note from Jeff. I know Jeff from man on the moon. Um, he said, uh, Hey, I, I check you guys out. I really like your sound. Um, if you're interested, I have uh, an idea I'd like to run by you. So I was like, I'm one of these type of people that really listens to my intuition and, you know, believe everything happens for a reason. And the email, you know, you get a lot of spam when you're out here on these social media networks mm -hmm. and it's hard to know what's real and what's not, but something's like, okay, let me follow up with this. So I sent him a note back. Uh, okay. I'm interested. And then we finally got on the phone and talked. And he's like, "Hey, well, my name is Jeff. I'm a worldwide superstar. I've sung everywhere." On he told Jay, "Worldwide superstar." Was no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just I, hanging uh, with Jay Z with, <laughs> with dinner last night. <laughs> no, he honestly, he no, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. He didn't really. He was very humble in his approach, and mm -hmm. it was a conversation just strictly about a project. You know, he was like, "I like your sound," and he's like, "I have this idea. I want to do something different." I've never done before, you know, would you be open to it? And like I said, I can't even tell you why. I was just like, all right, let's see where this goes. And so mm -hmm. we got on the phone and uh, he introduced me to these two songs that I'm honest to say I'd never heard before. These are very unique songs. Um, I hit the bells and um, it's going to be a miracle. Um, Jason, let me stop for one second. Okay. And then I'm going to turn the rest over to Jason. Uh, these two songs were uh, came out when I was 22 years old, 23, and Jason wasn't even born. Okay, <laughs> but they are unique songs. The one, "The Bells," was written 1965 by the great uh, Motown, uh, the Gordies. Uh, unique. And the other song was written by some guy out of Jersey, Romanzi and Stallman. Uh, Going to take a miracle. These songs were primarily done by women, not a guy as far as we could tell, which is kind of different. The songs were done, I thought, in the greatest style by a woman born and raised in Harlem, uh, Laura Nero. Mm -hmm. And she did it with Patti LaBelle, who is still alive and still going strong. We, I looked at those songs, and I love those songs, even though it wasn't my style. And I grew up in rock and roll. And then I realized, you know, it's what's these two songs, the feelings are the same. It's, uh, it's about someone being jilted and going from bewilderment to grief to sadness to anger and then the resolution that I'm going on. So the songs blended not only with the words, but also the the music itself blended. And 
I can't do that. I, that's way out of my pay style. So here comes Jason. And Jason Pilot, you take it from here. Hmm. So, um, Jeff, I don't know if you realize, though, the, the, the song where Patty's doing background. Don't quote me on this, but I think Luther Vandross is doing background as well. Wow. There's a, there's a voice that I hear. I mean, that sounds like a young Luther Vandross, but pork um, rind so, eating Luther. Right. Yeah, yeah. This was big Luther. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. When he was, uh, he was large and smooth, I called it. Um, so, um, so back to how we met, you know, this whole idea is really what brought us together. And honestly, it was a situation to where, Jeff really didn't know me. I really didn't know Jeff, but we have grown together through this project. And so, again, like he stated, this is uh, two females. So I had to go through the process of, I said, okay, Jeff, send me you singing the song in your version. And so I had to listen to that. And then I had to transpose both songs into keys that work for him. And then I sent him that back and he was like oh let's lower it a little bit and so once we got to a place of okay i know what keys work for both songs and both songs started out in two different keys so um one of the things i told jeff i said this is one thing that's intriguing me about this project is because of the complexity of two songs two different songs, two different people right, right. Mm -hmm. finding the common ground taking two different keys making them one i was up for that challenge and um so we got to a point that we had a baseline key and then it came to how do we want to arrange the songs at what point do we want to take verses of chorus and kind of put them together and so we went back and forth with ideas i would send him something he was like okay let's let's tweak it right here and then once we got a um a good baseline of the key and then of the structure then i went back and made a template of all the instruments um bass drum keys i even sung a little uh, for the background and lead just to give him a good idea of what the song would, would feel like and sound like. And then from there, he was, he was pleased with that. So the next step was then taking it to getting uh, some of the band members to come in here. We start tracking um, vocalists, you know, two background singers, um, bass drum keys and really being authentic. And one thing I really enjoyed about this is it's real music in my opinion you know in 2024 you know real music is becoming a relative thing you know yeah. but but real instrumentation a real throwback to authentic sounds not you know no tracks no clicks nothing electronic like real organic you know human music that you can feel and uh we came away with something that was uh that i'm, that I'm happy with and i think jeff is uh, pleased with too moderate jump in it is very rare. Let me make sure you can hear me. Okay. It is very rare that I am ever absolutely speechless. And here's why. We're going to go back about uh, eight, seven, eight years ago. I'm doing some construction. I'm actually helping build a studio. And I'm wiring up a control room, and I'm at the point where we're putting monitors in their in their perspective order. So I'm playing something off YouTube just so I can get reference. And I'm in one of my soul playlists. So I get to James Ingram, Patty Austin. How do I keep the music playing? Right. right. It's playing. That's one of my favorite songs. Rest in peace. Love James. Absolutely love Patty Austin. This is this is amazing. 
So it's rolling through the algorithm and I'm underneath the desk. So I'm I'm sure, you know, Jason at the bottom can understand wiring up your control room and yes. making sure these monitors sit here, but these sit here and the cheaper ones are here, the more <laughs> expensive ones are here. So right. I'm trying to get that that proper phase. And it starts playing another version of how can, you know, I keep the music playing. And my partner that I'm with is like, who's a music buff, you know, like I am, is like, hey, I said, what? So when did Frank Sinatra sing a version of how do we keep the music playing? <laughs> I was like, I don't think he did. I was like, I don't even think the song was written in in that time period. He was like, yo, press repeat. I'm like, it's playing, but, you know, obviously I'm not listening for who it is. I'm just looking to make sure I got, if, if symbols are over here, where would it be, phase, all of that. So I look up, I was like, all I could see on the computer screen was Dwyer. So I'm like, okay, it's some Dwyer guy. I was like, but I like it enough that I'm going to add it to my playlist. So literally for the past X amount of years, it's a version that I regularly play, had no clue that one day I'd be sitting here <laughs> talking to the man, his actual self. And I'm sitting here like, that really is him. Like, what do I, I don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> miracles do happen here on 950 Lounge where we, we're able to bring the unique situations together. We got to take a quick break, fellas. That's a unique story, Mike. Incredible. Got to take a quick break. We'll keep it going. Jeff DeWire, Jason Tyler. It's not free lounge in the Music Beats Cancer segment. I can't get through to you 
turning me around, destroying me. I'll never be the same anymore. Do you hear what I hear? Are kissing mine. Can you hear the bells, darling? Can you hear them when I'm kissing you? What'll I have to do to make you feel the tingling too? Can you hear the bells, darling? Can you hear them when I'm kissing you? I hear the bells. Back on the ride, Nafi Lounge, still joined by Jeff Dwyer, um, Jay- Jason, Jason Tail- Tyler. That's I don't want to say Taylor. NFL Sunday, maybe that's where my mind is at. Right. Yeah, and the Music oh. Beats Cancer segment here on Nafi Lounge. Um, gentlemen, before we continue, which that last thing with Mike, I'm still floored even after the break. But obviously, we all come together because of Music Beats Cancer. Um, it's something that whether you experience it as an individual yourself, have a family member, a friend, we've all experienced uh what cancer can do to us um i like to start with you jeff and then go to jason um your thoughts and your um feeling and having your music and, and your like, lineage be a, a great support in this uh fight against cancer with music beats cancer well uh <laughs> it it struck personally to me uh three years ago my uh son's uh wife's father came down with prostate cancer and at the same time he came down with prostate cancer a college friend of mine 
came down with cancer in a tumor growing in his tongue. Mm. Uh, the tumor growing in his tongue basically said, I feel great. I'm in great shape. I'm only 72 years old. I'm going to go through whatever it takes to do it. Uh, he went to Hopkins. Uh, they treated him. He, when we saw him six months later during COVID, we all had to check, make sure we were negative because his immune system had been down with the radiation, the chemo. And when he came down the stairs, uh, he was staying at a friend's house uh, who was a nurse. He looked like a ghost. Uh, at the same time, my wife's, my mother, my father-in-law, his, uh, my son's wife's father came down with the prostate cancer. He went through the radiation. He started the chemo, couldn't continue it, and he had an excruciation, excruciating death. Uh, Doug is still alive. Uh, will he ever be the same? No, but his life was saved. And the more we can get on to better treatments where the body is not being killed, where the treatment is worse than, in some ways, worse than the, the cure is worse than the uh, disease. This is what I really thought with the music beat cancer is, is phenomenal. Amen to that. Jason? You know, <clears throat> as a person that came into this project thinking strictly music and then learning the purpose uh, behind it, um, it really changed how I felt about this whole experience. Now, me directly, I can't say I've ever had any encounters with um, close family members dealing with cancer, but I do have a cousin that's like a brother. Mm -hmm. And his mother struggled with cancer and uh, she transitioned. And just trying to comfort him when I could and being there through the various ups and downs with cancer, the good moments, the really highs when you think things are great, uh, and then the lows when they're getting the bad news. Um, to realize that I possess a gift to give something that's universal, and I feel that can be healing, which is to contribute some good music. Yes. Um, to bring energy for that moment for that person to to temporarily take away the the real life situation that they're in. I can't think of a better cause to be a part of. Um, I'm elated to have the ability to work with Jeff and to be a part of something to help beat cancer. And I, you know, I agree with Jeff in this aspect too. I am for promoting as much healthy eating and yes. lifestyle balance, you know, sleep, things that we can do to kind of help control, uh, to help prevent cancer but for those who are battling with it to just keep inspiring and giving them hope and that's what music can do music is a universal language that just promotes healing and uh brings happiness so i'm really uh happy to be a part of this uh project well said and again anybody who wants to join this ballot like jeff and jason and us here at 950 lounge Go to www.musicbeatscancer.org, www.musicbeatscancer.org, and find out how you get in the fight in this battle to end this ugly disease we call cancer. Uh, again, we're talking to Jeff Dwyer, Jason Tyler, um, music extraordinaires um, in their own right, and, and Jeff, the story with Mike is still, my head is blown. But Jason, let me go to you real quick. When you think about 
the growth. Now, again, you've done this great project, and and like obviously, you know, Jeff's music is is, is hit waves even here within our own team. What's the next steps? Like, obviously, Jeff always said he ain't interested in going on tour. You know, he don't need no robust or no groupies. But from a standpoint, uh, what's the next step? Because once you start like, once you light the match, it's like any like athletes or what we do in talk. You want more. And you, you want more success because you you're putting out great music. So, what's the next step for you, gentlemen? So let me let me back up and uh, kind of piggyback off Michael's story. Okay, sure. Because again, like I said, we we met on a lineable. I had no idea who Jeff was. I didn't think, as an artist, I was pulled in by the intrigue of the project. Until one day, I'm sitting there. I said, "Let me look up Jeff Dwyer," and I had that kind of same experience. I'm like, "Wow," you know. He he never talked about his credentials. He never talked about his past. He just talked about this project. And then to realize that I'm working with somebody who has this kind of reach was one of those gratifying reasons why I was like, I'm glad I listened to the little small voice. Something just said, work with this guy. I had right. no idea really who he was uh, other than, you know, let's work on his music. So trust your instincts. Right. And um, I, I've learned the hard way. Listening to the little small voice or not listening to it will cost you down the road. So um, again, everything that we're in right now, this is totally like divine order because it wasn't planned. It wasn't it's just a very organic. And when I, when things like this happen, then I know destiny's at work. So mm. when, when, once we got to the point to where we are now, the next thing for, for me, I told Jeff, I say, Hey, it's time to do a live recording, mm. you know, get the whole band together, really give a very <clears throat> authentic, uh, version a live version with jeff real time you know let him really get on stage and and uh whether he knows it or not he's he's probably fulfilling those dreams that he thought he forgot about or left for law school we have time now to kind of bring those to fruition and then with this chemistry that we have with the writing and, and uh his ability to sing i think the sky's the limit um I, i'm looking forward to producing albums for him and um uh, just wherever the universe wants to take this project, I'm I'm here for it. I, I, okay, Jeff. I couldn't agree more with Jason on one thing. When we went up for the first time, we rushed this. Uh, it this is a work in progress, and you see when you listen to the music, uh, as Jason said, it was extremely complicated to put these two songs together and blend it the way Jason did, which was I think is phenomenal. But what happened was we met for the first time in his studio when he, uh, I was ending up with a cough. So my voice was not 100% where it should have been. And I thought, if I go through one more take on this, I'm going to have a coughing fit. And <laughs> when he put, put me into the stu his uh, recording studio, it, he had done a previous recording with a band and they were drums there there was you couldn't move and i'm used to moving around and putting my hands on the mic and walking around here i stood i was petrified singing into the mic that i was going to knock the mic over fall over on his drums and destroy <laughs> thousands of dollars worth of equipment so mm. it's, it's a <laughs> To, get, to actually come out with what we came out was a miracle, but I think, as Jason said, we can do it a lot better, and that's what we're looking forward to. Yeah, the one thing, 
the one thing I want to say definitely is that um, when I was researching and going through all this stuff, because the song you sent me was very great. I love that song. And then I said, let me look through some more of his catalog, because just like what Mike was saying, um, you have that special voice that is like like Frank Sinatra and then also almost like another like Tony Bennett as well. And when I was listening to, because I was like that same one that you did, like with the how do you, um, how do I keep the music playing? I was listening to that. I was like, oh man, I said, this guy, I said, Jeff is really, really putting this on. And then at the same time, I listened to, um, uh, what you call it, It's Yourself and Thanks for the Memories. I listened to those two as well. And I was like, gosh, I said, this guy, I said, this guy has such a soulful voice and it's smooth and it's soothing. And you can just sit there and play this at nighttime and, and you like saying you it sounded like you was like within that same era of those of those great singers. And when you listen to that, it just it's just that your voice is very has a very good tone, very mellow, and it's soothing. And it just makes you just like put you in some good moods, you know? Put you to sleep, right? <laughs> no, no, not to sleep. It, 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 it makes you very much relaxed. Yeah, for I too can, it very much relaxed. <laughs> Again, we're talking to Jeff Dwyer, Jason Tyler. Music Beats Cancer segment here at 950 Lounge. Um, Jeff, I'd be remiss if I, I didn't ask you. And again, like I said, it's I I for what we do here in our show, right? We're all guys, we have professional lives and took a, a plunge in this thing and um kind of tipped our toes a little bit. And then obviously the water wasn't too cold and we put our foot and now we got maybe a, a leg and a half, not all <laughs> the way in, but maybe a leg and a half. And it's funny having to talk with Ed this week and Mike about jumping doing the nest tee plunge. I know we all know about that. But do you ever think in your, you know, when you, what you're doing now with Jason and the music and find that second act, does it ever, do you ever think like, wow, I wasted 40 years or was it just a situation like it was just timing was right? It was just, it, maybe the suit wasn't ready 25 years ago when that worked out. Maybe it wouldn't have worked out 30 years ago. Maybe it had to happen now. But do you ever think about Hey, I could have been doing this for many years. Your thoughts on that? You know, it, it's like um, my wife has asked me that question several times. And I said, to her, you know, it's hard to, to look at the road, not traveled. Uh, I don't look at it that way. I look at it that I loved rock and roll, but rock and roll changed the great American songbook. I mean, the likes of uh, Sinatra, mm. Bennett, Ella Fitzgerald, yes, mm. they were able to hang on because of who they are and the reputations they had. Right. But rock and roll took over, and that type of music, I mean, even Tony Bennett had a very difficult time uh, until his son came in and started helping him of, of keeping up his music. Right. And so I looked back and said, Jeff Dwyer back then, forget it. I don't think it would have been, uh, it wasn't right at that time. Now the Great American Songbook has come back stronger than ever. People are looking saying, you know, there's brilliant talent in that music. I mean, you look at Summertime from Porgy and Bess, and you can refit this music. Yeah. And even these two songs, I thought, I mean, one, Motown, the, the, those were songs that, should be in the great American songbook. Mm -hmm. And I, I think now is a good time, if ever, to do it. Uh, 
I said at the end when I first met Jason, we finished the recording. I said, you know, your career is beginning. <laughs> My career in some ways is beginning, but I have a finite life. Now, Tony Bennett managed to sing with Lady Gaga, you know, right to 90 years old. His voice was still darn good in the 80s. Two more years, I'm going to be 80. So I don't know how much more I can do it, but I enjoy it. And as long as the voice is there, I intend to, you know, as you said, not do neck-to-neck, day-to-day, Las Vegas, this and that, but right. to do a, a good concert, live concert, to come out with a great recording with Jason, yes, try it. Got to take a quick break. We'll keep it going. Jeff DeWire, Jason Tyler. It's not free lounge in the Music Beats Cancer segment. of what to be Would people be content and happy and free What if the world was free of war And people would live in peace and fight no more We all must take time to dream Close your eyes, sit back and dream Dream What if we all never existed Would the world be better off or just different? What if everyone spoke the same? Can we then live together without any pain? We all must take time to dream Close your eyes, sit back and dream Dream The world can be much better than it seems Imagine what can be entrained What if there was no more greed Would we help one another with each other's needs What if the world was all but one No need for borders, bombs, or guns We all must take time to dream 
Close your eyes, relax, and dream, dream. Do dreams create dreamers, or dreamers create dreams? What if we're all dead to dream? Dead I dreamed a dream in time gone by When hope was high and life worth living I dreamed that love would never die And all my sins would be forgiven Then I was young and unafraid And dreams were made and used and wasted There was no ransom to be paid No song unsung, no wine untasted but the demons come at night With their voices soft as thunder As they tear your hope apart As they turn your dream to shame cannot be and there are storms we cannot weather I had a dream my life would be so different from the hell I'm living so different now from what it seems Now life has killed the dream I Back on the Ride 950 Lounge, joined by my man Mike, the moderator backstage at. Still joined by Mr. Jeff Dwyer and Jason Tyler. We're here in the Music Beats Cancer segment here on 950 Lounge. 
Well, I be well, let me let me let me let me ask this real quick. Let me ask this question. Um, and this goes to both of you, um, because you, you both have different perspectives in this particular journey. Um, I would like to think, looking at my previous career, um, that everything from that time, though I would like to have started what I'm doing now, uh, a good <clears throat> decade or so earlier, I find that everything that I walked through with my previous career allows me to make this endeavor that much more decisive. My, 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 my ability to quantify things, CRISPR, my ability to look at certain perspectives and adjust in the appropriate manner, much better, just things to lean on. And I'm sure for, for you gentlemen writing and producing and performing music, the ability to now take previous experiences, especially you counselor, you know what I'm saying? It allows you to take perspectives in your approach and your cadence and your tone, whatever it may be, to a level that you would not have been able to do or that you would have been trying to do on the fly, thus for making what you do now that much more significant and crisper and consolidated. Is that a fair assessment? when you look at the time in the past where you could have, but you didn't, but now you're here. Absolutely. On my part, uh, my background is when I graduated from law school, uh, I wound up doing international uh, projects. So I worked with the Japanese. I almost lived in Japan, took so many trips a year in the eighties uh, 13 trips in one year, back and forth, working with Japanese investors investing in U.S. real estate. I did a lot of work with Dutch pension funds investing in U.S. real estate. I helped put together a foundation called the AFIRE, Association of Foreign Investors in U.S. Real Estate. I was on the stage, lectured. Uh, I co-authored a real estate treatise which is uh, now published by Reuters, uh, and it's the, it has come out in softback edition, and we were just told by the uh, Reuters that it is the best-selling uh, every year we update it, et cetera, et cetera, and it's been in existence for 42 years. Uh, I had a uh, law review article published in Syracuse Law Review back when I was a youngster, that is in the Model Business Corporation Act and was cited as U.S. Supreme Court opinion. So uh, being on stage lecturing uh, makes you very comfortable being out doing a concert. It, it feels you feel very natural about it. So, yes, that's the answer. Yeah, nothing to lose once you've done all that. Like this is this is this is, this is surfing on a Sunday. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Jeff Dwyer again. Jason Tyler, uh, gentlemen, this is this is phenomenal. Um, Jeff, gotta let me know when the book's out and the movie because I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know if you even thought about it or even like because you know when you're living in your in your in your purpose, you don't think about you know what's going on or what you you're inspiring. But you are inspiration. Um, whether you are somebody who's going to watch this or listen to this and say, "Wow," you know, like obviously we know COVID is brought entrepreneurs out of people who maybe never thought they had in them um, because of circumstance. You just had to reinvent yourself. And you are, my friend, a model of it is never too late to go back and do what you love. 
You've obviously met with Jason and, and, and a phenomenal artist who took a, who just probably on his own natural resistance was like, what am I doing? But something like he mentioned the word divine inspiration led and you guys have collabed and you're doing it and you're making it happen. And it's like in this day and age of America where we can find all the negatives and our politics and all of it, there's an opportunity to still bring people together from two different walks of life that merge together in music. To me, there's two things in life that merge people together. Music's one and sports another. You guys have found a musical aspect to come together and bring joy to the world. And for that, I salute you and I appreciate you being on this show today. We got a few minutes left. And uh, Mike, I'm going to let you ask that question you always ask because <laughs> it is apropos for this conversation. And you know what I'm talking about. You know, I'm going to do it a little different only because I'm going to ask it to two people at the same time. <laughs> so, gentlemen, this question goes to the both of you. I'll let you decide who goes first. And the question is, if either of you could pick up the telephone and speak to the younger version of mm. you, the beginning version of you, the just the just stepping off the dock to endeavor in what is now your careers as they've developed. Uh, uh, what would you say to the younger you? Okay, I, <clears throat> I'll take that question. Um, what I would say to the child version of Jason Tyler is follow your passion. So as a kid, music was something I was born with. So even before I touched a real instrument, my uh, grandmother would say I'd be outside playing buckets. Uh, like uh, Jeff said, I'm a native of Florida, so palm trees are around all the time. I go find a, a dried palm tree, break it into two pieces and and find a bucket and just start playing on it. Just no, you know, you can leave me there for hours. And so uh, as a musician, most musicians have roots in church. So as a little kid, I am in church on the few, on the church pews playing drums on the church bench with the church fans, right? <laughs> not not even real instruments. Again, I'm just, just just doing my thing. And so it was to the point that at the time, I had to be maybe seven, eight years old, somewhere in there. The pastor at the time just said, you, you got a gift. We're going to get you a drum set. So no lessons, no nothing. The church got this drum set from, I believe it was a junkyard. Yeah, different color drums and, and anything, nothing... Uh, like really worthy of playing. And I just started playing. No lessons, no nothing. And a progression like that moved from my grandmother used to clean the church. And I was supposed to be helping her, me and my brother. But I found the piano and just was gravitated to it to the point that my grandmother just stopped even bothering me about cleaning. And so through that progression, I knew music was something that I wanted to do. Went through middle schools and jazz bands, all that. But also played sports. So I got to high school and was torn between sports and music. So I chose to play sports, mm -hmm. uh, play football, graduated. And so now I'm like, OK, what do I do? Um, was in that place like most people graduate. Don't really know. But I still got this passion for music. Long story short, I go to route and go to IT world and go to the IT world and, you know, promising career. And then an opportunity comes for me to play at a church full time. And so I came right back to what I love. And so the message would be to that thing that you do, that you love to do, that time does not exist, you know, go for it. And 
go for it in a way that you remove comparisons, fear, things of those nature, and just be yourself. You know, I went through uh, a music, a musicianal time to where I didn't know what my identity was because I had some mentors. These guys were really good. And I started comparing myself and I kind of got lost. And later on in life, I found that, you know, I am who I am. I play how I play and that's how it's supposed to be. So being confident in you and realizing the gift that you have is your gift and just chase that dream, you know, that thing inside that that calls you that way. Well said. Well said. Well, Jeff. gentlemen, I, I can't Hold thank on, you. Jeff. I, I got to oh, give Jeff going to give us his. <laughs> That's hard to beat that one. <laughs> uh, I, one, I, I totally agree with it. And looking back, uh, as I said, I started in a little band that we did a lot of weddings. And uh, Jason can probably concur on this. I was very disappointed singing at those weddings because nobody was paying attention. And I felt, well, I guess nobody cares about my voice and it's not that good. And then later on in life, I realized, no, the purpose of a wedding is not you, the singer. It's make people happy at that wedding. So I would concur with Jason and say, you know, follow your dream. As long as your dream makes you happy and doesn't put amount, any amount of major stress on you, go with it. Go with the flow. And it does seem to work out in the end. Gentlemen, you are living proof that, you know, follow that heart and dream and that divine inspiration and that boomerang of life will put you right where you need to be. Um, Jeff, Jason, where can people reach out to you, gentlemen, find more information, um, put y'all together for this this uh, live unplug uh, show y'all going to do in 2024. Where can people reach out to you guys? Uh, for me, well, for me, um, you know, I'm Jason Tyler, and I am the creative founder of the Deja Groove Band. So Deja Groove is everywhere on social media. So that's at D-E-J-A-G-R-U-V Band. Or you can go to our website, uh, www.dejagrooveband.com. And any of those, you can reach out to me. Um, we are, you know, elated to be working with Jeff and providing uh, all kinds of services outside of this, but uh, that's the best way you can reach me. Fantastic. Jeff? The easiest way is probably email, even though my <laughs> kids tell me email is no longer, you know, why use it, Dad? It's worthless. Uh, email is jeffd2854 at gmail.com. Also, I have a website, jeffdwiresings.com, and you can put a message there for me. We got to get you on Instagram and TikTok, Jeff. Come on, Jeff. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get it. Hashtag Jeff Dwyer. Hashtag music, in music inspiration. Let's get it done, 2024. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much. Again, for those who want to help out, Music Beats Cancer, www.musicbeatscancer.org. Go and find out how you can help this fight against cancer. Jeff. Uh, Jason, thank you so much. It's Nine Feet Lounge in the Music Beats Cancer segment. Nine, five, zero. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Nine Fifty Lounge Show. We hope that you've enjoyed, had a good time, and we've gotten you through whatever part of your day you're listening. As a reminder, at our house, you will always have a seat. See you tomorrow.